This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Patrick Eichmann, General Manager, Americas at Remerge. Patrick, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you for coming. All right. Remember when Apple introduced ATT framework this spring? One of the remarks you could hear back then was, all right, app retargeting is doomed. I think you shouldn't be surprised by such reactions and remarks. We live pretty stressful lives right now. People tend to be emotionally triggered at any time, but these days especially. But there are emotions and there are data. Today we have Patrick to tell us about what's actually happening with app retargeting since ADT introduction and back it up with data. Before diving into the report, let's talk about you, Patrick, first. Uh, how did you get into the digital marketing? Um, so I... I got into digital marketing in 2004, and uh, at the time, um, I was recruited to work in a tradition, a traditional publishing company, and that that company was in the process at that time of migrating their users, um, their consumers um, online, and mm-hmm. so I got to be a part of that process of the migration to print to digital and help to build out um, um, advertising campaigns in, in digital back during that migration. Oh yeah, that was the previous wave of innovation when we're getting online and yeah. Yes, I'm dating myself here. (laughs) 2004, the Facebook was in its inception. Google was small. People were still talking about how you can get more traffic on your website. Not a single word about any mobile uh, tech. Not yet. No, it was... uh, the, it was an interesting time. It, you know, people were going online. Uh, content was coming more and more available, and uh, marketers were were chasing their their consumers online and looking at different ways to go about influencing their their purchasing decisions. And so, um, it was a really fun period um, of my uh, of my uh, upbringing, I guess I would say. Yeah, I hear you. I do remember those those days. Okay, uh, last August, we had Thomas from your team on this podcast, and he was talking about your company. Uh, but for the sake of folks who didn't hear that episode, what is Remerge? Sure. Um, so Remerge is a mobile DSP uh, that specializes in uh, creating and deploying fairly sophisticated um, re-engagement campaigns for some of the top app publishers in the world. Yeah, so the DSP stands for de- demand side platform, not digital celebration. Uh, as you may That's guess right. from a you know, Google lookup. Um, okay, so, um, you know, before tackling the today's topic, let's give people a bit of a refresher. What is app retargeting in general? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So, app retargeting is is essentially the um, the process of uh, engaging a specific user base, mm-hmm. and so um, mobile publishers 
I would say typically the ones that are a bit more mature and have a sizable audience already um, tend to leverage that type of approach after um, really tackling user acquisition. And the reason why they do it is generally speaking, um, it's a faster path to revenue creation simply because there's some relationship with the consumer and the, in the publisher already. And the, the costs associated with doing that tends to be quite cheaper as well. Okay. Um, Apple introduced the app tracking transparency framework back in April of this year, along with iOS 14.5. App users along the around the world have been switching to the, this new iOS version since. So mm -hmm. how come app retargeting is still possible? Any numbers to share to pick up a, to make sure that's the case? Sure. Yes, absolutely. So that's a that's a question that we get um, daily, <laughs> um, as oh, you yeah. can imagine. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, so I think uh, back in April and even um, you know, the months leading up to April, I think there was a lot of concern about what was going to happen. What would adoption rates actually look like? You know, would consumers all decide now to opt in? And you know, now that you know the IDFA was going to be deprecated. And so um, one of the things that we did leading up to this, this period is really try to provide a lot of transparency around what was happening in the marketplace. So um, we've developed a dashboard that um, provided a view into what was happening from uh, an operating system adoption rate perspective, and then also a view into what was happening with the inventory itself, meaning um, how many impressions were out there that had IDs, you know, the IDFA appended to it, how many didn't. And so um, if you look at what's happening now, um, uh, according to our dashboard, and what we see is that about 80% of consumers are on um, iOS 14 or above. And I'd imagine that number will continue to, to climb as earlier operating systems are deprecated and kind of get pushed to the side. But I think more surprisingly, um, and, uh, and what's really encouraging is that about half of the inventory we're seeing um, still has an ID appended to it. And so to me, uh, you know, what that's telling us is more consumers are actually opting in for the tracking and personalization. And so that still gives us a solid opportunity to go out and, and, and develop um, campaigns for our advertisers. So back then it was uncharted territory. Like uh, it didn't came not like out of nowhere because people had a suspicion that Apple may come up with this um, change here at some point, but um, people do know that iOS adoption is way ahead of Android. Android may get the same number of adoption one, you know, like you know, 10 times slower than uh, what's going on the iOS side. And the overall impression was, okay, folks will be switching on iOS 14.0 just, uh, you know, in a second, and they will be just mm -hmm. dropping IDFA in bulks, uh, but it didn't happen. Like for whatever reason, um, we don't know for sure, but this is just the, what data shows that well, like a 50% 50, 50 of people who are on iOS 14 and above are still using IDFA, right? So we still have this data yeah. on the table. Yeah, that's correct. And, and what that actually looks like too, to just give that some more context is um, that's roughly 30 billion um, requests a day that are coming through that have an ID associated with it. So it, it may not be what it once was, but that's still a pretty sizable uh, chunk of inventory that you can still extract value from. Absolutely. So 
Having said that, let's make the case why, in fact, it is still makes sense for advertisers to run retargeting campaigns. Very good question. Also, one that we also uh, received quite a bit. So, uh, I think let's let's kind of break this out by operating system, right? So, with Android, it's still intact. There right. may be changes that happen in the future, and that still makes up the lion's share of available inventory. So, if you're a app publisher and you see value after going out of you know after that operating system and user base, good for you. You can still do that uh, pretty effectively. Um, when it comes to iOS, uh, we were touching on this before. There, there's about 30 billion uh, requests coming through a day, right? So still pretty sizable audience to go after. Um, what's interesting is uh, even though supply has pulled back a bit, um, we took a look at performance year over year, and we continue to do this. Um, so I was looking at numbers for October, and we'll do this in November once the month closed. So despite... Um, uh, the inventory being pulled back in October of this past year, we actually drove 41% more clicks than we did the year prior and 48% more um, re-engagements over that same period of time. So what that's saying is even though the inventory may have been pulled back, um, it's the performance is actually still effective, if not more effective than when we had a whole universe of IDs to go after. So some of that has to do with, you know, certainly the marketplace and some of that has to do with the investments we've made as an organization into our platform to become more efficient uh, on behalf of our buyers. Okay, this, this sounds really encouraging. So do not leave money on the table. IDFA is not dead yet. Uh, there are a big chunk of folks who still have this uh, um, identification um, um marker on their um, devices and you can still be able to use the data for your uh, um, targeting of your marketing campaign. Okay, right. so um, let's let's give people a few examples of companies who are uh, <clears throat> running campaigns in this new post fair world. Sure, um, so we kind of see a lot of different variety here and I would say it really depends on the, the vertical and the sophistication of the organization. So um, for gaming vertical, for instance, re-engagement is still a core um, component of their overall mobile marketing mix. And so that has really gone unchanged. Um, for some other verticals, um, you know, I think if there are organizations that are more focused on iOS specifically, what they're doing is really spending the time, not only still going after that audience that's available through the ID, but they're realizing that there will come a time where that 50% of IDs drops to maybe 30% of the, of the inventory. And what they're doing is preparing themselves for a world where no ID traffic is really um, all that you can go after in iOS. And so what we know is when that does happen, um, targeting becomes less uh, specific, right? Um, the, the ability to drive creatives, let's say push creatives to an individual consumer, um, that's gonna be a lot more difficult to do. And so contextual targeting becomes more important. So these iOS focused um, organizations are using this kind of grace period, I guess you would call it, to better understand their creatives, understand calls to action that could work in this type of um, uh, contextual based world. Um, one other trend that we we're also noticing too, I wanted to call it art was, um, you know, we're focusing on the inventory a lot in this conversation, but we also have to remember that Apple stood up 
an attribution service here as well, right? With um, with Scan, and I think I wouldn't be wrong by saying it's it it leaves a lot to be desired <laughs> in terms of getting actionable data from from Apple. And so some of these organizations that you know were primarily focused on iOS are now looking at different forms of measurement. Um, to make business decisions going forward. So this could look like mixed media modeling, which uh, has probably been brought up in, in this podcast before, um, or it could look like um, using incrementality as a measurement system to um, making better bus business decisions. It looks like we're going full circle. Uh, we There was a time when uh, behavioral targeting didn't exist at all. You know, right. uh, before Facebook uh, basically invented the whole um, the whole notion of behavioral targeting, at least on that level of sophistication as it's been known for, uh, we used to have you know Google um, ads for running campaigns using exclusively uh, not behavioral but contextual targeting. If you're looking for some product service, you just look it up and you get some results back. And the system doesn't have to know about anything about you. Then it turns out like the more you know about somebody, the more granular, the more efficient your advertising can be. But right. it turns out there is a big downside. And now we're yeah. kind of kind of going to the middle, trying to balance the efficiency of advertising, making sure that you know advertisers are in a position to be able to grow. But on the other hand, making sure that the privacy of people is not being hurt, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Okay, so overall, um, looking at the picture um, that the report has drawn for app retargeting, does it match your initial re reaction and assessment? You know, back that when Apple uh, announced that switch, with which you can see right now. Um. You know, it, the the current reality is way more promising <laughs> than what I thought it was going to be back in the spring. So, um, you know, working in mobile ad tech and you you hear rumors that the IDFA is going to go away is can be terrifying. And so, I think it's actually really encouraging to see that about half of consumers are are opting in. And so, um, you know, that's really you know exciting for us um but you know at remerge what, what we're really focused on as well is you know our core focus has always been re-engagement but you'll see from us in the future that we're spending more and more time really trying to analyze what kind of products and services we can bring to bear in a world where no id becomes the um the majority of traffic and so um we won't need to get into a lot of that today but this is kind of our vision going forward is um, trying to extract value from um, no ID traffic. Right. Uh, the, I think, I guess the outcome will, will be fine. Uh, there's still like the fundamentals are still there. There is a value in advertising uh, because it connects people with products and services they need. Uh, people still uh, okay to give their consent if they see the value. It's just making sure that the whole system is working. Advertisers um, through the apps uh, are doing a good job explaining why they're asking for specific data to be tracked. People are okay with that and the whole system is working just fine. But there's a transition transition period we're going through right now when people are not really 
I don't think they can sleep well mm -hmm. until they know that everything is kind of settled in a new level and we just can move forward, stop worrying about IDFA deprecation. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, all right, we've covered the major topic I wanted to talk about with you today, and I have just a few more questions. This is the sure. second part of the show where I'm asking a few quick questions to people who are in the show to kind of a build a better picture of who they are. Okay, question number okay. one. All right. What smartphone do you have now? Uh, have you been switching between iOS to Android and back or just staying one side all the time? Good question. Um, I've always been an iOS user. Uh, I have 12 Pro, um, but our house is quite divided. My, my wife actually um, has an Android device. She works for Google. Um, and so she's been trying oh, to get me to, to, <laughs> to jump over, but I don't think I'm going to do it. All right. Okay. Um, going back to the pre-smartphone era, but when we still have those funny phones with buttons, what was your first mobile phone? Uh, I believe it was an LG flip phone. Um, maybe three or four inches tall. Um, I'm pretty sure that was it. It was uh, shortly after having a, a beeper, if, oh. if you had one of those back in uh, in the day. So people who are not familiar with what beeper is or what it was, it was a device so it can get a, another message. Well, you can get a short message, but basically you were, right. you were getting just a signal that you have to grab that thing, look at the screen, see a few tiny lines of text. I guess more, not more than three lines. That was it. Yes. Pre-WhatsApp, yeah. pre-iMessage, pre-Skype, pre-whatever. Uh, that was the whole yeah. thing you were getting from that thing. And that was pretty popular. In emergency, people were using um, papers a lot. You know, if you're in the 911, you're, you're having that device uh, on your hip all the time. Right. Um, they were pretty popular where, where oh, I yeah. grew up. Um, my, and so we, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny to think about nowadays um, that, you know, back then that was the, uh, that was cool in my, my schools. If you had a beeper, then uh, you're, you were, you're in the in crowd. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, things change. <laughs> Definitely. So um, today, um, imagine you've left your smartphone at home. What would be the most missing feature for you? Uh, I would say uh, it would, app-wise, it would, it would probably be Spotify um, or maybe the native podcast app would be my number one or two. Uh, but certainly now that there's mobile payments available through your phone, um, that probably would be a third. I'm happy to hear somebody mention uh, Apple's podcast app because I'm a fan of podcasts and the app specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to, it's good to hear that. Um, and okay, uh, now perhaps there's there's something that your beloved iPhone 12 Pro is missing right now. It could be software hardware, and you go like, would be great if the thing can do this specific function, which it's not capable of doing right now. Uh, what specific function I wish it had that it doesn't? Is that the, the question? Yeah, probably not not a feature, but something, you know, an improvement, like, I don't know, better, better life. Oh, I see. Um, 
you know, I, I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, if, if anything, maybe better photo or video editing capabilities. Um, you know, I tend to take a lot of photos. I have three small kids. And, um, so we, we, we tend to take a lot of photos to send to family members. And, uh, I find myself downloading more and more, uh, editing apps. Um, so if they could find a way of actually embedding more of that, I think that would be a step in the right direction, at least for me. Got it. Okay. That was the last question, but the very final one, before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Sure. Well, um, I work for Reemerge, so you can you can learn more about our organization and access the um, the dashboard that I referenced during the interview today. Uh, there, so the website is Reemerge.io. Uh, but if people want to learn more about me specifically, you can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Patrick Eichmann, um, or you can email me directly. Um, I'm always happy to chat with uh, folks from the industry. My email address is Patrick at Reemerge.io. Terrific. Thank you for coming, Patrick. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that was Patrick Eichmann, General Manager, Americas at Remerge. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.